Hey, this episode may contain some challenging topics discussed. If anything said has made you feel uncomfortable or has raised any concerns, there are contact details for services available that can help you in the description below. Kids Helpline can be contacted on 1800 55 1800. For emergencies, contact triple zero. Welcome to Youth Ally. My name is Paris and on today's episode we are lucky enough to have an incredibly admirable, determined and talented guest, Finay Kula, who has joined us to share his truly inspirational story. A young man who was tested beyond belief shares his story of strength and how he hopes his story can impact the lives of others. Without further ado, we will allow Finay to introduce himself to the podcast. Thanks so much for joining us today. Good. Um, thank you for having me. Um, my name's uh, Fine Kula. I'm born and raised in New Zealand, South Auckland. I moved to Australia around, I think, around when I was 14. Yeah, and I've spent my whole life here in, in Australia since I moved here. Amazing. Cool. And have you always played footy? No. So uh, I grew up, I was doing um, kickboxing. I didn't get into footy until like I was 12. A lot of my friends were playing it, so I so I wanted to join in with my friends and play footy as well. So, yeah, that's what kind of got me hooked on footy. Um, obviously, we've got you on here to tell quite um, an inspirational and admirable story. So if you wouldn't mind just telling us a little bit more about that story. When I came here, um, it was for the opportunity to play, you know, reps and stuff. Under 17s, under 18s and under 20s. Then obviously I got a, I got a breakthrough when I um, did my first preseason with the NRL. On my second uh, preseason... Um, I started to notice I got a bit of headaches and stuff and went and saw the doctors and they got an MRI scan and it showed that I had a tumour in the back of my head, uh, which was uh, brain cancer. Yeah. Right. And what year was that in? Oh, 2019. Mm. The back end of 2019, I guess. Yep. Yeah. And what was the prognosis, I guess, surrounding when you originally got um, that diagnosis of cancer? Well, I had to go get an MRI scan and um, the nurse just showed me the scan and said there's like a, a little tumour on the back of your head, you know, which from then on, like, I had to stay in hospital just so I can do a few testings to figure out what it was, yeah. And at that point, did you have much experience with cancer or anything similar? Well, you, I would imagine it would be quite um, a scary time. So obviously being in a hospital, did you know much of what was going on? Not really. Not that I know of, I didn't know anyone going through cancer or... Yeah. Um, family members that have gone through it the the whole time is just unknown to it yeah and I guess the unknown is kind of the scary bit hey like yeah, you just don't just know don't know 100 yeah. so I guess in saying that like how were you feeling during that time you've been put in hospital you've just been told you have a tumor how are you feeling mentally physically just surrounding that time yeah I was scared yeah yeah to um put it down to one word yeah I was scared, scared yeah uh just like you said, like the unknown of knowing what, what's going to happen or what's the next steps to take. Hard to see, like, obviously my family and that, um, not know what, what's going on as well um, until we kind of, you know, got that result to try and find what was going on. But, yeah. Just and how long did you actually have to wait um, in the hospital without, you know, that diagnosis? You knew something was wrong but not exactly sure what. How long kind of was that period yeah. that you waited? So, uh oh. Would have been weak. 
they had to do a lot of testing to to see what what was going on. Um, they knew it was uh, cancer, but they just didn't know what it was yet. And then um, I think it was like three or four weeks before I could get a result on what was going on. Yeah. Yep. And did you start any treatment during that time? Any chemotherapy, radio, um, radiotherapy? Uh, not straight away. Not straight away. Yeah. I think it was just the wait on results before, you know, I could start the chemo and radiation. Yeah. And I guess then what was important for you during that time of extreme hardship? I can imagine it would not only be um, one of the toughest physical battles, but more mentally being, you know, as you said, scared, um, feeling really alone. How did that go? And what, what was really important for you during that time? I guess was was more important for me was to show um, my loved ones that I wasn't like that that I wasn't um, kind of sad about it, I guess. I was with um, my partner at the time when it happened. So we went inside the this little room where the nurse took us in and she said, you know, um, there's a tumour on the back of your head. And the first thing my partner, um, the first thing my partner started doing was tearing up. So then I had to kind of just, you know, take my feelings away and just be like, hey, it's all right. Like, you know, don't worry about it. We can get through it and that. Just try to be strong just because I know that um, it's hard to hear news like that. But, you know, um, sometimes like you just got to be strong about it try not to show emotions trying to be you know kind of be that tough role be like yeah it's alright we can get from I think that's yeah. incredible that you know you've just received that diagnosis something so scary and your first thought is to think of others I think that probably shows a lot about your character um, yeah. and as you as a person do you think as well that um, obviously being a male that stereotypical view that you know Males don't need to show emotion. Um, they need to be the tough ones. Do you think that impacted how you thought and how you felt during, um, I guess, your diagnosis or treatment at any of the time? Yeah, it could be a good thing and a bad thing. As yeah. Well. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I was just trying to, you know, like trying not to show any emotions, you know. But then like when I got cancer, it was during the time where COVID hit. Yeah. So like um, a lot of times when I was in hospital, I was uh, by myself a lot because um, I couldn't have any visitors just to stay there more than like an hour or two. Mm-hmm. So like during the time that I was alone a lot, I started to, you know, break down a bit, be in my own, like my own head, you know, just thinking if this is, you know, probably it for me, just, yep. i got to accept it. So I had a um, difficult time during those times of being by myself to accept what I like, accept what's happened. Yeah. And that, and I, I think it's just taken like time for me to accept what was going on, mm-hmm. I guess, yeah. And if we go dive a little bit more into your sport, so you obviously said you came across from New Zealand, you came through the Sharkies Junior Rep Program. Um, How many days a week were you training? What did a typical day look like for you in that aspect, a week? Um, When were you playing? Well, obviously with the the Junior Reps and that, it's, you know, three times a week, play on Saturday, something like that. But then when you get um, to, like, first grade and under-20s and stuff like that, it's depending on when you play, if it's a Sunday, Saturday, usually you're training on the days that um, that's going to benefit when you play. But Mm -hmm. then, obviously, with first grade, you do it for a living. So you train every day, um, go gym every day, wake up early in the morning, eat together, um, rest together and stuff like that. So it's basically a full-time job. Yep. So in saying that, I guess, um, obviously sport is such an incredible, incredibly powerful outlet socially, physically, um, but I think most important mentally for so many people. Um, and obviously, you know, you were saying you were playing at such a high level and so regularly. How did that shift go from playing and training nearly every day to having to stop and focus purely on getting better? Yeah, it was different. It was 
Yeah, something that I've never gone through before, being sick. Going from, you know, waking up early in the mornings to, you know, going to training, like running on the field, um, doing gym and that, so just staying in bed, trying to have the energy to get up and move around the hospital and stuff like that. Obviously going through chemo, going through radiation, like it does take a big toll on your body. Yeah, it's just difficult and hard, yeah. And had you had any previous injuries or you said you hadn't been sick before but that had forced you to spend some time on the sideline? Yeah, back when I was, you know, uh, in the 20s and that I did my shoulder, which um, I had to do a uh, shoulder rico mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But, yeah, I still walk around and, yeah, 100%. and do things in that. But, yeah, that's probably the only other thing that put me in hospital. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so just, I guess, following on from talking about sport and that change in um, lifestyle, um, how did you stay motivated? Yeah, it was hard to try and stay motivated, I guess. Uh, I think um, a lot of the the community, the rugby league community, and um, my family and friends in that kind of just, you know, kept telling me to fight, you know, you can overcome this. So just a lot of support that was there for me during that time kind of got me motivated, yeah. Yeah, I guess ex- exactly right. You, you must have had some incredible support from your family, friends, mm-hmm. and I guess your Sharkies teammates. And we talk about that in the Fight for Fine found, or campaign that they put up. How yeah. do you think that um, motivated you and shaped your recovery while you're in hospital in such an isolated time being COVID, how do you think that helped um, you recover, I guess? Yeah, 100%. It was amazing, to be honest, um, just to see, um, you know, obviously my club, the Corona Sharks, to support me, especially um, my friends in there. They're playing footy too as well. Um, just all coming together. Got me motivated, especially they did a campaign at Sylvania was they did um, running laps and that, donating money um, to the cause. So, like, um, no words can describe, like, you know, what, what it's done for me and my family. And, um, like, just, like, I owe them a lot, I especially um, just my friends and a lot of my family members that um, we're supporting. What has been the most significant change you see um, within yourself now that you've experienced cancer? I guess, what have you learned about yourself or something that you can um, tell others or share with others that you've learned from your journey? Obviously, going through uh, illness like um, like cancer, it's kind of changed my perspective on how I see, see my life now. Um, obviously, before then, you know, I was just thinking about tomorrow, next year, not kind of living in the moment. I'll, you know, being on the other side of the treatment, um, living uh, kind of like a semi-healthy life, I guess. Now I take every moment that I have, especially with my family, um, my friends, my partner and, and, you know, my little nieces and nephew, I appreciate it um, much more. And I try I try my best to um, to get out there more with my friends and not just um, do the one occasion, see them every few months. I try and, you know, see everyone a couple of times during the week and there's just, you just never know what's going to happen, to be honest. I had, obviously I had a lot of regrets when I was going through my treatment, you know, I was, I was thinking in my head, like, I should have done this, I should have done that. Now that I'm um, on the healthier side, like now I want to do a lot of things, want to um, experience a lot of things. So now that I got the opportunity to, to do all of that stuff. Yeah. yeah, amazing. I think that's such an incredible, incredibly powerful message. I think as youth, Sometimes we do take things for granted. We look ahead, don't realise that, you know, we may only have certain days left or, you know, we look at the material things, not what truly is important. So I think that's a really amazing message. I think not only youth, but everyone can, I guess, take from you and learn. Um, In saying that, what does a typical day look like for you now? I know you're in a few coaching roles. Um, Yeah. 
what are you enjoying that? What does that entail? Um, are yeah. you enjoying being involved with footy in that aspect? Yeah, hundred percent. Told you know, I've told a few people this. Um, obviously, rugby league um, before was kind of like my getaway. Kind of like um, you know, every time like I had a bad day or something, you know, when I had training, everything was just gone. You know, training footy, um, making jokes with the boys. You know, playing. You know, tackling each other. Like I don't know how how I say it, but. Um, yeah, it used to, you know, it used to be kind of my my getaway. And um, obviously, when I got that um, that that call from the doctors and they're saying, you know, you probably won't play footy again, um, kind of lost lost it, you know, a bit. You know, what do I have now? But then ever since, you know, the coaching that's been um, going on, um, it's kind of saved me a lot. Um, obviously, coaching, getting my mind off things, and that it's perfect for me. Um, and I'm just grateful for for doing it and being able to coach in that as well. Yeah. Yeah. And what roles are you currently in at the moment, coaching? Um, so I've done um, some of the junior reps with the Sharks um, the past two years, um, working with the boys and girls. And then um, at the moment, I'm doing um, coaching at Endeavour Sports High with the year seven and eight kids as well. I'm also coaching down here at Como yep. as well. Amazing. Yeah, at the women's team. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Awesome. And have you got any dreams to, I guess, pursue that coaching further, potentially one day into the NRL, um, coaching that way as well? Um, yeah, uh, it's it's a dream, I guess. But um, I've said it before, like, I love um, working with kids and um, I love working with young footy players, um, boys and girls. Like, um, it's perfect for me. Um, I love to work with them, just um, getting them, you know, getting them prepared to kind of make that next step, I guess, to try and be NRL players or NRLW players, I guess, yeah. Yeah, amazing. That's so awesome. Um, and kind of just finishing up a little bit, uh, having had such a life-changing experience, um, is there kind of one piece of advice you'd give to young people facing a big challenge or supporting someone through a big challenge that you've learnt? Probably is to, to talk to someone, I guess. I, I think if I could go back to when I was going through, I didn't talk enough. So I was battling a lot of um stuff on my own, which, you know, I had friends there there at the time, but I just didn't reach out. And um yeah, just if you're battling through something, it's good to talk to someone, even if it's a chat it doesn't have to be about what's going on, but as long as you, you know, um there there's someone that you can count on, you can count on to talk to, I recommend like, you know, talking to someone. Yeah. Amazing. Cool. I just want to thank you, Finay, for being so open and vulnerable and sharing an extremely difficult time in your life with us today. Um, If anyone is compelled to donate or find out more, where is the best place for them to donate or support foundations that helped you through your journey? Yeah, so the Mark Hughes Foundation, they do the beanie for brain cancer, which is donates the money and they obviously get a nice beanie but donates some money in there towards uh, research with uh, brain cancer brain cancer is the lowest funded research in australia i, I think um, i'm not 100 yeah. percent sure but yeah um obviously all that money goes towards the research and that um for brain cancer yeah amazing um thanks again for being on this podcast today we really appreciate your time and good luck um in your future and whatever you decide to pursue good. thank you Thanks again to Finney for being on the podcast today and sharing his story. To conclude this episode, we want to highlight the importance of donating to foundations such as the Mark Hughes Foundation. Research shows brain cancer is the leading cause of cancer death in children and adults under 40 in Australia. On average, 1,970 Australians will be diagnosed with brain cancer each year. That is roughly one person every five hours. 
Yet despite having such a big impact on thousands of Australians each year, as mentioned by Finney and demonstrated by research, brain cancer is massively understudied due to a lack of funding. The Mark Hughes Foundation to date has raised over $24 million and funded a brain cancer biobank, travel grants, as well as multiple research projects around Australia. If you would like to find out more about their work and how you can help, head to markhughesfoundation.com.au. If you would like to access more information on how to support a mate or reach out for support, make sure you check out our previous episodes or check out the links found in the description box below. Thanks for listening and we'll see you again for another episode on Youth Ally. Youth Ally is used to advocate, raise awareness and discuss issues important to young people. We would appreciate your feedback and input. If you would like to join in and be a part of the conversation, do not hesitate to reach out. This can be done via our socials, which are linked in the description box below.